you playing? Greetings, and welcome to What the Bleep Are You Playing? A podcast where we play a game, many times bad, and tell you why the bleep we played it. I'm Real American Hero Sean, I'm here with Snake Eyes Thomas, and this is Mason, and they are about to get replaced by The Rock on the next episode. I mean, there's an upgrade. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it kind of sucks that I had to wait until now to figure that out, but hey. I mean, mean, not if we're talking retaliation. You're getting replaced by Boring Rock. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm getting replaced with Doom Rock. Doom Rock had a lot more personality than Retaliation. Doom Rock had more personality than Retaliation. Oh, God. Anyway, we're uh, here to talk about G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra on the PS3, if you haven't noticed. A game. A game. There's one, a, one of the we've we've played a lot of games of all time. This is one of the games. This of is all indeed time. a game that we have played. Yeah, I think I put it in the group chat like a couple days ago. This is gonna be probably the most one of the games of all time movie movie? Fuck. <laughs> game we've ever covered. It's very much It exists. Yeah, it just exists. Which with kind of the development, the reactions, and then playing it, yeah, this is this is a game. It, it's one of those games that, like, even if I had never heard of uh, R- Rise of Cobra, the movie, and then you sh- and you showed me the game first, I would be like, yeah, this was a game made to push a movie. Well, many times the game forgets that Rise of the Cobra, the movie, was a thing. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the most it gets from Rise of Cobra is the character likenesses, which you guys didn't get to the end. You didn't get to see Christopher Eccleston's Destro. I've looked it up and I've seen. I, I've watched uh, some of the stuff. Someone doing a bad Scottish impression, right? Yeah. Is it Scottish? Yes, it's Scottish. Scottish. <laughs> and uh, look, it's PS3 graphics, so I'm not gonna do like, it. Oh my god, you know they're they're awful or it, whatever. It's it, when they were really working on humans and we're like we're trying to make things lifelike and things trying to look more and more like whatever uh, character they are on the show, but, um, or it's, a movie. It's rushed out PS3 graphics because yeah. this came out the same year as Uncharted 2. And, um, well, they get the likeness. You can definitely look at these characters and be like, that is who they're trying to be. But, um, that's about as far as they get on it. You it's, know, you're like, I could recognize this person, but, um... It's definitely not a clone. <laughs> it does make it really funny though that when when you see uh, Duke, and it look and it looks like Channing Tatum, and you know that it's Channing Tatum, and that and yet you you hear his voice, and it is like that is most definitely Roger Craig Smith's voice coming out of Channing and Tatum, he, and he ain't even trying. To it's no, nope, yeah, there's no. no. It's definitely he, not legit. The voice, the he can He went up to the voice director. like, hey, what do you want me to do? Your voice. Like any impression of Channing Tatum, do your voice. Just, just tr- do your we're voice. We're trying to get this out by Tuesday. Here's your script to read it into the uh, mic. I mean, Go. I would have loved uh, if he would have done uh, whatever would have been Channing Tatum's voice in the unreleased Gambit movie. Oh, man. <laughs> you know, I'm still upset that movie never got made. Not because I think it would have been good, but because I wanted to see what the hell it would have been. Yeah, oh, same. Man. I absolutely oh, kind of wanted to see Channing Tatum's Cajun accent. <laughs> I also just kind of want to see... I love Gambit, so that would be uh, Gambit's why. A great Gambit's a great character. I don't expect they would have done the character justice necessarily, but I definitely wanted to see it. Couldn't have been Orson Origins. Nope, Sheesh. nope. Uh, uh, Taylor Taylor Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch is uh, good old, definitely good old John Carter of Mars. Oh yeah, god! And uh, he oh, he was in he was in that the, the one football movie. I can't remember which one. 
I like how your thought with him was he was in the one football movie. I was like, oh, he was also in Battleship. He was in Battleship. <laughs> uh, God, yeah. he's, he's, been a, he's on a roll with bad action movies. John Carter, Origins, and Battleship. Why do you think I know him? The tri- Look, <laughs> the tri- we're not going to spend too much time on this at all because I'm just going to say the statement here and, and, and we'll move on there. John Carter is not a bad movie. It's not. I haven't we'll, seen it in we'll, a while. We'll move on but. from that. That's a whole other topic. That's for what the bleep are you watching. <laughs> exactly. Moving but, on. Uh, yeah, I love John go, going, going back kind of the, um, to the, the original the, topic, is this I, – I'm struggling to think of any, any games, at least before this, that tried to put in celebrity likenesses. I mean, there, I mean, there were, was – there were this is just kind of the era of the PS3 when they were just being coming more prominent. You know, for example, the NBA or Madden franchise, you know, yeah. NBA 2K were yeah, starting to put fair. more and more. They were looking like it instead of just yeah. the squares. You I, know? I believe this came out the same year as Stranglehold, which did use the likeness and voice of Chow Yun-Fat. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So, uh, you, uh, uh, the Chronicles of Riddick yeah. uh, also, obviously used Vin Diesel. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Didn't, and didn't the, the Raimi Spider-Man games mm-hmm. have... To- yeah, I The thing is, that. just as the PS3 came, it, you started to recognize, actually be able to recognize, recognize the people, faces. and it wasn't, you know... Uh, even, you know, 10 years later, you can look at that and be like, that was Channing Tatum. Whereas if you look at maybe, let's say, <sighs> Batman Begins on the Xbox, the PS2, and those ones, you're like, that's not necessarily Christian Bale. That's, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, at the time, at, when it would have been just, it would have been just fine. Or you can look at the Minority Report PS2 game and be like, man, that's not Tom Cruise. I didn't even try. He looks more <laughs> like Clancy Brown. Wait. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Honestly, that's probably my favorite use of a character because they didn't even try. Mm-hmm. Legit. They were just like, fuck it. Just use Clancy Brown. <laughs> like, just use Clancy Brown. We're not even going to try to replicate Tom Cruise. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, this game definitely is trying to look like its counterparts. They don't sound like it, and again, I'm. We looked at some of the cast on it, and they, they, they it's not like it's a bad voice acting cast, yeah. but I, I, I doubt mean, they were uh, given tremendous amount of time to record their lines, and I yeah. doubt they were paid particularly well for it. You said there was, uh, it was sometimes only, it comes out. You said there was only like one person from the mo- from the actual movie that came yes, back, right? Who, considering the fact that I don't even remember where he is in the game, and I've beaten the game. Probably says how much he actually contributed. Which was, was Joseph Gordon-Levitt, yeah, right? it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Cobra Commander, who had a total of, like, three lines in the movie. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that JGL's performance in uh, Rise of Cobra is one of the most phoned-in performances that ever existed. And good on JGL. Go and get that money. You know, at the time, he wasn't a huge star. You know, he did a lot. He, he had done things, but nothing. Uh, he'd only done a few things. I think... Um, 500 Days of Summer had just come out, so that was I kind of his, that was probably his, his, big, his biggest role. I mean, he'd had a lot of smaller stuff, but like, chase that money. I have no problem with it, but God, that... Uh, was it was it a more phoned-in performance than in uh, Dark Knight Rises? Yes. Yes. Damn. Damn. He does not do much of anything. In, uh, and some of that's also just, it seems like they're like, yeah, you need to like uh, have the Cobra mask on and wiggle a little bit and say some lines. <laughs> <laughs> well, that also... Again, I won't spoil G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra as if Mason cares, but uh, that goes with how they write his character. Mm-hmm. So, And one of the easiest to see twists coming in any movie. Oh, well, yeah, I guess we are spoiling it. Spoilers for a over 10-year-old movie. Uh, that has a sequel and a prequel. The prequel. Both 
worse yeah. in every way. Yeah, let's get that out of the way right now. We were already on the topic. Fuck it. Rise of Cobra is the best G.I. Joe live-action movie, and it's not relatively close. No, I would agree. Retaliation. Retaliation has sometimes better action. See, I, Sometimes. See, I can't. I but can't. it suffers um, from... It's boring as fuck. Yeah. That, that's the best way. It suffers from not being interesting. Uh, and and uh, while it has a good director, he is not good at shooting action. No, he mainly does dance movies. Yeah, I mean, it's John step M- up movie. It's John M. Chu. Yeah, he step did. up. Oh, he yeah. Did Crazy Rotations, In, the Heights. in, the, yeah, in the Heights. Like, he, he's a good director. He's done a lot of good stuff, and he has a great vision for uh, films he just, and, and, and cinematography. Did he do... No, that no, I don't think that's right. For a second, I thought it was the guy who did uh, "Now You See Me Too," but I think that's someone different. No, I, I think that's someone different. But yeah, that yeah. but that's the problem with retaliation: is the style just doesn't work. The Rock is not interesting. Bruce Willis randomly shows up. They really, boy, look. Everyone complaining about oh, they changed the characters in Rise of Cobra. If you look at me dead in the eyes and say retaliation is good after what they did to Lady J, you are lying through your fucking teeth. Yeah. Yikes. So of the of the franchise, I think Thomas and I are pretty unanimous in agreeing that Rise of Cobra is the best. Retaliation is boring. And, so- and Snake Eyes, we don't want to talk about. I don't. <laughs> because it... Snake Eyes uh, is the one that it, we pretend doesn't Snake exist. Snake Eyes hurt the soul a little bit. Uh, but... Look, I promise we'll get back to the game. No, you're fine. I, I went and saw Rise of Cobra while Sean was working at the No, movie. no, Snake Eyes. Yeah, Snake Eyes, my bad. I tried to replace it with a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, quote-unquote. A uh, better movie. Yeah, better. Uh, I, I walked into the theater to watch Snake Eyes while Sean was working at the theater. First off, it was dead. There was, like, no one there. Yeah, I walked. Yeah, I, I remember Snake Eyes didn't do that well. I walked out, and Sean was like, "How did you enjoy it?" And I just looked at him with this look, like he had just shot my dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, yeah. So the good movie in the franchise, uh, Rise of Cobra. The movie was directed by Steven Summers. We will be doing more of his uh, movie at uh, games based on his movies later when we do Van Helsing. And we'll, it will definitely be covering the Mummy. And we'll probably cover the Mummy games in some capacity. Uh, so the guy just knows how to make entertaining movies. So Rise of Cobra, yeah, it's not a great movie. It's flawed, but it's entertaining as hell. Hmm. Uh, and it, it, look, it's basically Star Wars. You know, the, the way... The, it, it's, its beats are very similar to Star Wars, the, especially yeah, the third beat, act. Yeah, and the, the, very, very much. The way that you're describing it makes it less surprising that this is the video game tie-in that we got. Because yeah. the way that you're describing it makes me go, yeah, this this video game tie-in feels exactly like the type of video game tie-in we would get for a movie like this. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was rele- The game was released in 2009, in August. It was developed by Double Helix Games. Well, at least the PS2, PS3, PSP, Xbox 360, and Wii versions were developed by a Double lot Helix of Games. A lot of ports. And then uh, Backbone Entertainment did the DS version. I believe Backbone Entertainment was the same people who made the DS versions of X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yes, I believe so. And Shattered Dimension. They'd done, they'd done a... It was a, it was a DS version of Origins. Yeah. Yikes. And it's fine. Yeah. Oh. So um, they've done a lot of tie-in games as well. Both yeah. both these studios did a lot of tie-in games. Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head what Double Helix has done. Again, I forgot to take notes for this one. I apologize. You're fine. So... Uh, so 
the Iron- game. Ironically, it's my game, and I forgot to take <laughs> notes for this one. The game came out in 2009. It was not received well. I could imagine. Critics, could uh, imagine. critics kind of panned it. You know, I think the highest rating was IGN. They gave it a 5.8. Uh, yes, the IGN old. gave the main console 5.8. Now, it did give that the DS a 7.1. Oh, uh, what? Yeah, the huh. DS got a 7.1. And the low was uh, X-Play giving uh, the game a 1 out of 5, saying, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra is the new gold standard for lazy and uninspired cash-in license games. It could perhaps be argued that the developers didn't have much to work with, given the source material, but that doesn't help the unfortunate consumer who ends up stuck with this junkyard dog of a game in his collection. Wow. Which is just a brutal um, review. Now, after playing it a bit, uh, and we'll get back and talk about the developer here in a little while, but after playing it a bit, I I can see why somebody would, why it would be panned. I can see why it would a lot of that. But also, I can see where there's a lot of good in this game. And uh, at the end of our kind of we're playing it, we, we, uh, I realized the game was a multiplayer game, or could be two-player co-op mode. And if you sit down and play it in co-op mode, as with a lot of games around this time that aren't good, but co-op mode can make the game a lot of fun. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of that shared misery type yeah, thing. Yeah, it's that, you know, okay, we're working together and we're doing these sort of things, and it, it, it's a way to make something that is... I, again, I don't think the game by itself is as egregiously bad. Uh, no, it, I, it, it does feel kind of lazily developed in parts, no, but yeah, it, yeah. Well, I, I don't even want to say necessarily lazily, more like quickly developed. Yeah, but at, at at the same time, yeah, I will agree with you that it it does feel like a rush job, and it does kind of feel lazily developed. But at the same time, I could imagine after watching, even even though I haven't seen this movie, but I, this is just all from inference. I could imagine. After watching this movie and then playing this game, getting pretty much what I expected out of a game based on this movie. That's it's, fair. It's like, like you're not going to get the last word and like great level design and all that sort of stuff right. with, a, with, a, with a game based off of this movie. Yeah. yeah. This is very much meant to be sort of that party game, uh, pop it in with your friends, kill a couple hours kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and as a you know, it's a shooter, a third person shooter kind of game. They describe it as shoot 'em up, third person shooter and uh, action. And I think yeah. with better level design, the one player game might be a little more entertaining if they put less on like trying to like solve little puzzles in it and just more of just like yeah, just blast things. I think because I think you described it earlier as like a like an edgier Lego game. Yeah. <laughs> and that's really and that, that really does kind of Yeah, that is really what it feels that is really what it feels like. It is a Lego game, but it's trying hard to be that sort of I don't want to say it's trying hard, but it's basically a Lego game just kind of suck the suck the charm out of it. It's yeah. just a, this is a the uh, Shadow of the Hedgehog of Lego games. <laughs> Can you see all of me walk into my mystery? <laughs> so, on the the development side of things, is that it was developed by Double Helix Games, which is um, a, kind of a neat title for a development yeah. studio. Um, uh, oh my god! So, <laughs> did they do G Force? 
Double Helix games? No. Okay. I no, if they did, they maybe later. So Double Helix does technically still exist. It's just oh, now okay. uh, it's it was acquired by Amazon. Oh, uh, and studios. integrated into Amazon Game Studios in 2014. So they haven't done shit. <laughs> uh, so uh, so yeah, they, it's they, its own new thing now. Yeah. yeah I can literally list off the games they played, or the games they played, the games they made. Uh, their first game in 2008 was Silent Hill Homecoming. Oh! <laughs> so then they made G.I. Joe Rise of Cobra. So this is their second game. Then they made Front that. Mission Evolved. Then they made Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters. <laughs> oh, it was a Green Lantern game? Then wait, they wait made... hold on. Was it based on the movie? Yes. Yes. Uh, well, okay. <laughs> kind of. Okay, real real quick history on the Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters game that everyone wanted when they clicked on the fucking G.I. Joe episode. <laughs> Surprise. If you aren't coming to our podcast expecting amazing tangents into anything and everything, then you've come to the wrong podcast. <laughs> Thank you, and please stay. Please stay. <laughs> I'll love you forever. Uh, Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters was... Uh, made very quickly as a tie-in for the movie. But uh, the reason that they used robots as the main enemies is because this was also using, uh, what the hell, aspects or design problem? What the hell is it called? They were using parts from... Like models? Yes, models, parts, all that stuff from a canceled assets. Justice League... Yeah, assets. From a canceled Justice League fighting game. Oh. That was going to be based on the George Miller Justice League movie. Oh, the one, but, yeah, the one that never came out. Yeah, but like yeah, like you said, that one fell through, so the game fell through, so they just took the assets, shoved it into the Green Lantern game, and there you go. That's why it happened. That's wild. Well, I, I, one day I'm going to have to sit down and actually replay Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunters. I actually don't, I don't remember hating it. I don't I remember, remember I remember it liking either. it, but also I didn't play enough of it to really get a full idea. Look, look of... Of the superhero games that came out in 2011 based on movies, because there's a surprising amount, there's three, it's in the middle. Yeah. It's not as good as Captain America Super Soldier, but I'll play it before Thor God of Thunder. Fair enough. Hmm. After they finished Green Lantern, uh, they then made Battleship. Yikes. <laughs> oh, Yikes. no. Yikes and a half. <laughs> and then they made Killer Instinct, season one for the Xbox One, and in 2014 they made Strider and UFOs Love Cows. They made fucking Killer Instinct? They did. Talk about a turnaround. Going yep. straight from yeah. Battleship to one of the most highly regarded fighting games of the past generation. Yep. What the fuck? How much did they actually work on it? Like, who did they have to pay off to get their names on the Well, box? Amazon started paying them, so... Okay, well, that explains it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, so... And some of that is also maybe getting their roots, figuring out what they were going to be good at, because all those games are kind of different. There's not one that's like... Oh, it's not one like we've seen, like, oh, I see where they're pulling from to make this game or doing this. They kind of did a lot of different games until, they, you know, they found uh, found something to hit. Uh, on the development side of things, though, as I said, the DS version had quite a bit higher reviews. And that's because it is not a, uh, it is more of a top-down uh, arcade-style shooter, which, which used... Reuses assets from the finished but unreleased gauntlet for the DS. Which oh. I think several games actually used mm -hmm. assets from that. And. Weird. Why is this the second time this episode we brought up unused assets from Because, the you know, we're doing weird games from the 2000s. So there's a lot. By the way, Rise of Manhunter is now on the list. <laughs> Huzzah. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, because that's what you said. 
while you were playing it is that if the camera was a bit higher, like a top-down perspective, that the game might have been a bit funner, and that's what the DS version did. If they had so. leaned more into, like, arcade, because with the co-op, with the controls that you have for this game, it feels like it should be an arcade game, but a lot of times the rest of the game doesn't necessarily feel like an arcade game. Like, I, it doesn't feel like I'm going and putting a quarter in and this is why I'm going to be playing this game. Or, you know, five quarters, you know, for inflation. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, A whole ass dollar, baby. <laughs> but if it had leaned more into the arcade fun, which the DS seems like that's more what it did, I think there might have been more fun to it. You know, we're only a few episodes past of uh, playing Hydro Thunder, uh, you know, and, and that is as arcade as it gets. So, yeah, yeah. Um, literally an arcade game to start yeah. off with. So not have not maybe leaning into that sort of style because the game ha and I think this is a common theme that we talk about a lot in these games uh, that we've played so far. There's a good idea here. There's something here. There's just something here. But they did this, or but they did, you know, they didn't lean enough into this, you know, we, we talk about a lot, and unlike, say, like, I think, like, WWE, where, like, it's still a fine game, you know, all story, where it's still a fine game, but I'm like, man, I wish it was a little more, a little more this, this game, I'm kidding, no, this game is, <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I made a, I, made I don't want to even, I don't want to say this game is frustrating, because it just, it just feels very basic, I think is the thing, it, yeah. it feels very, very basic, when it could have been not necessarily more complex, but like more well-rounded. Yeah. Yeah, because this very much feels like a game where they just kind of threw stuff in there mm -hmm. to uh, make it a passable game, like, like to make it to launch day. Like un yeah. they're unlockable characters. You can play all the Joes. You know, you can play as Joes that aren't in the movie. Yeah. Right. You yes. Said, yeah. Several Joes that aren't in the movie because the only Joes that are really in the movie is. Are rather Duke, he's the lead guy, Channing Tatum, mm -hmm. Scarlet, the red haired chick, Snake Eyes, Ripcord. Uh, then there's a couple that are heavy duty. Heavy mm -hmm. duty, then there's a couple that aren't playable but are still in this game as like uh, helpers, like Breaker and General Hulk, mm -hmm. Dennis Quaid. And that's basically the only major Joes in the movie. Mm -hmm. But here they have people like Backburner, Shipwreck, come. Commanda, I believe is his name. Yeah, they have a couple Joes in here that aren't from the movie, and I actually really appreciate that. And do any of the do any of them show up in retaliation? <laughs> no? Look. Look. Retaliation likes to kill the Joes. In retaliation, Jesus. all the Joes die except Rock uh Roadblock is his name in the movie. Lady J and Flint. Mm -hmm. There's the only Joes that survive. Chang Tim's in the beginning and they kill him. Did it, did everybody working on Retaliation just hate G.I. Joe? Yes, because everybody well, because back the fan, then hated the fan reaction was really bad towards the first movie. So they oh, they course, tried to course correct and um it maybe corrected a little too hard. Yeah. Well, like for example, this is not uncommon. For example, a franchise I love, um, Prince of Persia. Sansa Time is, which we are going to be doing on the podcast, is one of my all-time favorite games. It's number three on my top five. It's my all-time favorite game. I love the game so much. But it didn't sell well. Mm. So the second game, they course corrected. They made it edgier. They added rock music. You know, they added blood. They got that M rating. And it's not a better game. It's oh. an okay game. But a lot of the... Good things about Sansa Time. Um, 
was gone. The the charms of it were gone because they tried to 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 sell to a different audience uh, or appease certain fanboys, and uh, those people didn't show up either. So, and that's the thing is, anytime you are like bending over to appease a certain subset of uh, a fan base, you're usually gonna end up alienating most of the fan base. Yeah. If you try to appeal to a certain aspect of the fan base, there's a large chance that they won't care mm-hmm. and an even larger chance that you're going to alienate the people who actually liked what you did mm-hmm. in the part that you're trying to recon <clears throat> Rise of Skywalker. Cuz like yeah, cuz what what's the what's the point of like go, going back and like reevaluating things if you already alienated everyone else from the first one? Why are they going to come back for the other one? Yep. Like what what's yeah, the point? And again, going back to the GI Joe topic, you can be someone like me who actually did like Rise of Cobra. Mm-hmm. To be fair, I was like twelve, but uh, someone who really I was liked older it. and I still liked it. And I I, I, I sat uh, with a lot of uh, coworkers, uh, working at a theater still at that point, uh, and the vast majority of us enjoyed the movie. Like all of us talked about it. We would and people come in and ask people. People leaving the theaters down there enjoyed the movie. Now I had a few friends who were big GI Joe fans who absolutely hated. The dancer from Step Up got to be Duke. <laughs> but in hindsight Jeez. now, because of Channing Tatum, you know, like, has, has put quite a career, uh, uh, you know, behind him at this point oh, uh, and beyond it. So, like, now if, you know, you were announcing a G.I. Joe movie and Channing Tatum was casting it, everyone like, oh, yeah, he's good, you know. <laughs> but at the time, you know, the perception and things like that. Look, look genuinely, I think that Channing Tatum was a really good choice for Duke. Because I love Duke. Duke is a re- I I really like Duke. He's one of my favorite GI Joe characters. He's not an interesting character. Mm-hmm. He's generic leader man. Yeah. But I think Channing Tatum can play generic leader man pretty well if mm-hmm. he's given the chance. Do you think GI Joe's gonna get like a Andrew Garfield Spider Man level reappraisal? <laughs> I don't think. You know, Probably look, not. I think. Could we have seen a lot of them trying to do things if Snake Eyes had been good? Yes. But the problem but is... Snake Eyes wasn't good. Their, their, uh, their third attempt to try to jettison... Jettison? To, to kick off the uh, G.I. Joe-verse. Uh, well, I think Rise of Cobra still is the highest grossing. Retaliation, I think, had a bigger opening weekend, but I think Rise of Cobra made more overall. I think Rise of Cobra did make more. But regardless, they're both very close. And then Snake Eyes bombed. Snake so. Eyes bombed. Uh, so it was shit. We'll see. Uh, you know, and Retaliation didn't get a game tie-in, did it? It didn't. No. I was uh, I yeah. was looking at... I didn't think it did. No. Spe- uh, speaking of, the, like... Uh, the last... Okay. This was the last G.I. Joe game until 2020. That's when wild. Operation Blackout came out. That's wild to me. Considering... I know that they're completely different now on kind of the scope, uh, the landscape that is uh, of entertainment, but it's wild to me how many Transformer games we've gotten in the last 20 plus years when G.I. Joe and Transformers were pretty similar audiences, uh, you know, when the original shows and toys were coming out. Yeah. G.I. Joe was probably bigger too. Yeah. And again, that's possibly an unpopular opinion. I don't hate Transformers at all. I like Transformers. Mm -hmm. I prefer G.I. Joe. And I don't know why. I guess because I have more of a nostalgic attachment to G.I. Joe. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, this is better than... Is this better than all the Bayformer movies? Is Rise of Cobra better than all the it's Bayformer more, movies? Uh, it's more fun. That's fair. Yeah. That's what I put it. It's more fun. I don't know if it's necessarily a better made movie 
than especially one in three uh, Transformers, but uh, and we'll get more on the later when we talk about Transformers games when we play Transformers games. But uh, would would you say that this game is better than any of the tie-in Transformer games? I've never played any of the tie-in uh, Transformer games. Considering that I've only played two of the tie-in Transformers games, and one of them I literally fell asleep on the second level. Oh, to be geez. fair, that might be more to the fact that I had gotten like two hours of sleep the night before. But still. <laughs> Semantics aren't important. Bob. <laughs> playing, a, playing a Transformers tie-in game probably didn't help much. Yeah, so... Probably not. E- e- to my overall point is I'm just really surprised considering the Call of Duty world that we live in. The, the amount of games. The Call of Duty comes out and it's huge and all the things. You figure that someone would try to use G.I. Joe to copy that yeah but there could also or be. even using fortnite elements as a model you know you know these popular shooting arena based games you could you feel like you could make something out of the gi joe franchise that feels like a pretty easy money if you know and but. i mean like i don't know how well operation blackout sold it probably didn't sell well because uh um, because people hate gi joe for some reason but not really, but it, it's that's how it feels. Anyway, I don't know how Operation Blackout sold, but it's a pretty decent game. Like it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I know there are some people who are like, "Oh, it's it's trash because it's not a high budget AAA game." Like it wasn't priced as one. I mean, it was yeah. close. It was fifty bucks, but that's still not AAA high budget price. So, or sixty bucks if you're a whore about the collection <laughs> edition. <laughs> that is, that is kind of weird though. That like. People don't tend to look back at G.I. Joe as in in the same way that they do Transformers, even though they're both very much cut from the same cloth. Yeah, they, uh, I was uh, having a conversation with Thomas and a couple other people who were talking about it, and that, that they were animated in the same studios. They oh, were wow. at the same time. Voice actors a lot of times would finish reading one and walk over to the other and read for the other. Wow. Uh, you know, they, 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 they shared a lot of the same sort of things. They had move, animated movies released back to back. And because of the fan reaction to Transformers the movie, because they kill Optimus Prime in the beginning. Oh, that's uh, right. And people were upset at that, that in the G.I. Joe movie, there is dialogue added to the movie. Because Duke is also was supposed to die in this movie. That basically is like he's not dead; he's in a coma. And it's oh, like eighty, wow. and it's like eighty are added. Like you never see anyone's mouth move. Yeah, <laughs> like like straight up, uh, straight up. You can tell he was supposed to die. Cobra Commander, I think, throws like this snake spear at him, and it pierces his heart. Blood spews out. He falls into Scarlet's arms, and then you hear an ADR line from Scarlet. He's in a coma, and it's like. No, he's sure. dead. He's dead. Sure. <laughs> but is, they were trying to avoid the backlash that was... Is, <laughs> is Tony Stark in a coma too? Nah, uh, Possibly. Know. Give it a few years in the MCU. <laughs> I, don't, I don't trust it anymore. Anyway. <laughs> and a few million dollars to uh, Robert yeah, Downey Jr.'s uh, <laughs> bank account. Uh, but that was how big G.I. Joe was. Now, you know, Transformers is going to not necessarily have to deal with current events necessarily to, to be how maybe the opinion is. Whereas G.I. Joe, a lot of, of its popularity depends on the opinion of the United States military. Mm. And if it is more favorable, uh, you know, a lot of times G.I. Joe 
was more popular as, you know, as it is less favorable or seen more as a recruitment tool or things like that. Now, again, G.I. Joe really wasn't a recruitment tool. It was to sell toys. Now, you could, yeah. you could argue if those toys were to give you a popular uh, uh, feeling of uh, military. Uh, did, did, I mean, did the toys come first? Yeah, the toys well, came first. Yes. Yes. So basically, Hasbro had a bunch of toys, and they basically went to the animation studio and basically like, we need, uh, we need TV shows based on this to sell these toys. And that's where Transformers and G.I. Joe came from. And look, I know that's a popular argument. Oh, G.I. Joe's a recruitment tool for the military. What fucking military has ninjas? What fucking part of the U.S. military has ninjas? I'm sorry. That's a very it fair could, Again, It can be used, but there are, there are so many. Like Call of Duty is probably more, in this day and age, more yeah. of a recruitment tool than any anything that ever G.I. Joe would ever be because it's more stylized. Yeah, uh, G.I. Joe, like I, like I literally just said, there's ninjas. Mm-hmm. There's... A dude with a metal face. There's <laughs> there's two dudes with metal faces, in fact. One of the dudes has... One of the Joes literally has a parrot following him 24-7. This isn't a U.S. military Where can I, tool. <laughs> I, would, I would sign up for the U.S. military immediately if I got a free <laughs> parrot. If you got a parrot. Ooh, nothing, so nothing all of the U.S. Parrot. military listening to us, you can get Mason I was by doing this. Kidding. <laughs> I was kidding. Literally in the mail the next day. Free parrot when you recruit when you, when you sign up for the U.S. Army. My oh, goodness. Man. I mean, but you know the element of kind of the one of the struggles of the movies, and then I think even in this game is I know that even the show, but how faceless Cobra Commander, Cobra the Army feels at times. And I, in a game, you can get away with faceless waves fighting and things like that. But like, yeah. there are a lot of times wherein in like the the old show and the movie, you feel the villains. Yeah, and I, and I mean like, the the thing is that GI Joe has had so many like re. Uh, imaginings mm-hmm. and the problem is they a lot of them kind of write Cobra Commander I mean the big one is the 80s one where they write Cobra Commander as kind of the sniveling villain like all 80s villains were I'll get you next time Joes or whatever yeah it's the him and Megatron yeah uh, but other G.I. Joe interpretations actually write him to be this really competent threat mm-hmm. so like it all kind of depends on that, and I, I don't know which one is necessarily better, but both kind of give this. I mean, I'm trying to bring this back to the PS3 game. Both of them kind of give mm-hmm. uh, Cobra a face, give Joe's an enemy to fight. This game really doesn't because Cobra doesn't. Commander is not in there. Yeah, and that's the thing that I felt while playing it is a it isn't really following the movie besides just having the characters. So I just. I feel a little disconnected while playing it, and if maybe we had a little more, f- you could feel the threat from the beginning. Yeah, uh, like, sorry. You, I, I think maybe there'd be a little more connection in at least the single player mode. In the in the in the co-op, cool. We're running around and shooting things with friends together. But in the single player, for me to like sit down and keep playing the game, the story just feels very missing. Because the story's trying to be like the 80s cartoon where it's just the Cobras are being dicks. Go stop them. <laughs> but uh, at least do something like Borderlands where Handsome Jack is shit talking to you the whole time. Mm-hmm. Let Cobra Commander do that because that'd be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like he's just shit talking to Joes the whole time. Instead instead of having what this game gives you, which is the same little little snippets of dialogue from uh, from the... Co- from the 
bad guys as you go in and shoot them. Yeah. They all start repeating the same phrases. And, and it does not take long. And then they melt. And then they and then they they don't even melt. They like evaporate. Yeah. Well, that's I actually like that because that does mm-hmm. kind of tie. I like that they didn't explain it. I, I enjoy I enjoyed their the yeah the explanation because you know in video games you're they're gonna they're gonna disappear and things like that. You know you move through all that. It, it's very funny that they they found a good way to explain why the bad guys are disappearing after you kill them. <laughs> even if it's just oh nanites. I mean whatever. To, to be fair, that's actually the explanation in the movie because. Mm-hmm. There's a surprisingly brutal scene for a PG-13 movie yeah. where nanites just eat this dude's face. Mm. So it's like, hey, they, they took I mean, look, it's movie. from Stephen Summers who did the uh, uh, scarabs in Mummy. That's right. Which is also yeah. PG-13. So. so so the moral of the story is Stephen Summers can just get away with stuff. Uh, a little bit. Uh, the other thing in the game that is kind of cool is the, uh, the, the Yo-Jo power-up. Yeah, the, mm. the, what is it called? The accelerator. Yeah, suits. accelerator armor. Uh, a, it does look cool. The armor does look cool, yeah. even if it's kind of generic. But it, it, it adds fun for a power-up where you feel invincible. Which is, and again, if they leaned into the arcadeness, I think this would even have felt even more intense as you did these sort of things. My only, my only issue with the accelerative suits is that they all look the same yeah. on whichever character you pick, and they all do the same things on whichever character you pick. I wish, I, I wish, I wish that they would like do something different with each character. Like, it, like if you're if you're playing a Snake Eyes, for example, and you use the accelerator suits, you get a massive sword. Or yeah, or, like maybe yeah, like maybe like the katana gets built into his arm or something. Yeah, and like uh, Mason's wanting you know, uh, this game to become hella anime all of a sudden. <laughs> Mech suits and, <laughs> and swords. I mean. <laughs> There is a G.I. Joe anime style oh, thing. G.I. Joe Resolute, which is actually very good. It is very good. It's on YouTube for free. Oh, nice. Uh, so is G.I. Joe Renegades, which is, in my opinion, the best G.I. Joe show. Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched it, but it's and, really yeah, good. Yeah, I've never seen it. it it's... <sighs> I gotta stop tangenting for G.I. Joe stuff. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. The G.I. Joe episode being tangented to G.I. Joe stuff? No way. <laughs> I could talk about the PSP again if you'd like me to. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. Uh... <laughs> Renegades has probably the best setup for a G.I. Joe show. Because like Rise of Cobra, it only has a select few Joes. It has Duke, Scarlet, Roadblock, Tunnel Rat, and Snake Eyes. But in this show, Cobra is not this evil terrorist organization. It's a medicine company. It's a pharmaceutical company, like Umbrella from Resident Evil. So, So they're doing secret bad guy shit behind the scenes. So the Joes find out about it. But Cobra frames it as they're attacking them. So these Joes become public enemy number one. Hence, Renegades. I like it. Oh, Renegades is so fucking good. Honestly, it would be a good way. That'd be a good story for a game. Yeah. Which, they, tr- yeah, no. Blackout didn't do anything like that. I don't know where I was going. <laughs> I, I really don't have a whole lot more to say about the game, in all honesty. Yeah. Like, yeah, this uh, is this has probably been one of our most tangenty episodes, and that's because, because the game. There's not, not a lot to say about it. I I don't think the game is as egregiously bad as the reviews gave it, but also there's not a lot that stuck out to me while playing the game. Aside from God, I wish this was more arcadey. The one one in, the one interesting thing I think we can get out of out of talking about this game is that we now have a metric for how just sort of there the game is. However however long we spend not talking about the game is how much meh the game is. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to say we have a scale, like <laughs> like on the like on the end of we always talk about the game and it's good. We have SA two. On the opposite on end, the end of we, we always have... talk about the game and it's bad. We have beat down. And in the middle, we have we never talk about the game. It's GI Joe. Yeah. Of all the games we've played, this is one of them. This is a game, yeah. all right. Uh, but and I mean like. Did I can't think of anything else. Not not a whole lot because while they do have a lot of other characters to play, I mean the only difference is really a lot of them are just reskins. I mean they have different weapons like Mm -hmm. Shipwreck has a shotgun, Backburner I believe is his name Mm -hmm. has like a grenade launcher. Heavy duties uh, uh, machine gun you know was so much like that was arcade that I was like oh I want. Yeah, heavy. I noticed you really got into playing as heavy duty. I very much enjoyed playing as heavy duty. I did find a problem with the characters is you have to in the game locate the characters. Yeah. Then have enough battle coins or battle points or whatever to then buy the characters. Yeah. And I part of me just feels like that wasn't great development. Like choose one or the other, locate and they're unlocked. Or have them in a store where you're just unlocking them with battle points. Yeah, especially because they start getting really expensive. Mm-hmm. Like Snake Eyes requires like nine coins. And you're like, holy shit. That's like two levels you need to like perfect in order to get that. That's that's, that's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I also, while playing it, I know Thomas mentioned this while playing it. While you do kind of auto lock on to whatever target, just having a reticle would have been nice from just a development. Yeah. Especially like... I, I think you could have done like what a lot of PS2 games did and give you a lock on button that makes mm. the medical pop up. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been good. I, I think so especially, too. I, especially because like in like say two player mode, the L1 button does jack shit. Yeah. <laughs> like because that's that's your switch character button in single player mode, mm-hmm. but in uh, two player mode that does jack shit. Yeah. So just some of the controls just kind of bland. Also, just some of the UI. The menu and everything, like they, you're in there, and then it goes to the menu, and it, it just it looks ugly. Yeah, and I, that's maybe just an aesthetic thing. But I'm like, I get that maybe you're trying to get this for all these systems, and you're trying to get it out fast, but the menu is just ugly. Yeah, and that yeah, that kind of goes with another problem I do have with the game, and one of the problems I have with Rise of Cobra itself, the aesthetic is boring as hell. Mm-hmm. Oh man, the the problem with Rise of Cobra's aesthetic, and this affects the game as well is that it tries really hard to go full, like, actual military. Like, they're all in black Kevlar and camo and all that shit. And I'm like, no, in the original series, Duke just wore, like, a green shirt. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, like, cargo pants. And some, yeah, uh, camo cargo pants. Yeah. Scarlet. Scarlet's probably the closest because she did wear, like, the black Black Widow suit. (laughs) Actually, no. No, she didn't. I'm fucking lying. In the original series, she had, like, this tan vest. (laughs) Uh, Snake Eyes is obviously the closest, but you're, it's kind of hard to fuck it up. Yeah, and it, Snake Eyes twenty twenty one. If you it, and and the Snake Snake Eyes twenty twenty one learn this, if you mess up Snake Eyes, you're gonna hear about it. Yeah, yeah. How do? You, sorry, I'm the, I'm going on it. How do you fuck up Snake Eyes that bad? Literally, literally, he's two, just ninja with sword. There's two things about his character: he doesn't fucking talk, and he ha- and he's horribly scarred. Those are two things about his character, and you fuck up both. He doesn't talk. He talks throughout the whole movie, and he's not horribly scarred at all by the end. How do you fuck that up so? He also bad? is not a very good ninja in the movie. He's not a good ninja, and he's not a good person. It's like a bet. The it's like the worst adaptation of a character since Deadpool and Origins. 
Nah, I'd say it's worse than Deadpool. Yes. I think it is because even Deadpool and Origins is bad. It's like horrendous, but it's so bad that if I like blur my eyes like I'm drunk, I can just pretend. Because it's here's the thing: Deadpool. Yes, when they the 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 weapon Deadpool thing they make at the end. Weapon Deadpool. Because it is supposed to be kind of like the whatever. I think it is actually called Weapon Deadpool. It is all that. <laughs> but the first half, Wade Wilson. While not a not super contra, isn't like this egregious left turn of the character. It's only when he shows up at the end of the movie that it's the egregious. Yeah, left it's turn. egregious. Whereas Snake Eyes is from the get go is an egregious left turn of the character. Yikes. And if they could maybe spent time making him like if you could make him charming or interesting or anything, I think you'd be okay with some of the changes. He, but he's not interested. You got motherfucking Henry Golding. This attractive ass, charming ass dude, and you make him a fucking asshole. Yeah. Like in the whole movie. I should not walk out of a Snake Eyes movie and say that his rival, Storm Shadow, is the run in the right. I should never fucking say that. Yep. There's also the fact that they completely changed the origin and reason those two hate each other. It's very oh, weird. weird. It's yeah. very weird. And yeah, I don't even remember what the reason is. Because the reason in the comics is actually really interesting. In the comics. I'm on a tangent. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, at least it's a G.I. Joe tangent. Yeah. Uh, in the comics, Snake Eyes is American, which I, he is in the movie too. Uh, but yeah, he's an American, but he goes to Japan and starts to learn all this uh, stuff after he gets scarred. Mm. So Storm Shadow hates Snake Eyes for that reason because he thinks that this is a American who's basically tainting this Japanese like fucking weeb <laughs> basically yeah he hates Snake Eyes because he's a fucking weeb <laughs> but you know what Snake Eyes is the coolest goddamn weeb ever I'll die on that hill. Uh, but yeah good thing we didn't get a Snake Eyes game I would have Honestly, if it goes by X-Men Origins Wolverine logic, it would have been better. It's possible. <laughs> but we would have had to talk more about Snake Eyes. Uh, mm. So, to transition wonderfully, uh, on this podcast, we like to ask uh, two major questions of each game we play. The first one is, how does this game hold up? No. <laughs> uh, it, it, uh, it, it, no. It just so doesn't. It's, I mean, it's a five out of ten. For me. It's it's like just it's, it's just average and a lot of it like I, I don't think anything in this game is like didn't hold up like I think like, graphically it's fine whatever the gameplay is still it works it's all these sort of things so like it, it holds up it's just at the time and now it's all just kind of boring and bland yeah, it's just it's and so like it's nothing look yeah. I I didn't pick this episode because I thought oh this would be a fun game to talk about i picked it because i wanted to talk about gi joe you know what sometimes that's all that matters but like my, my my thing with like how asking about how this game is hold up this is a ps3 game we're talking about the last of us came out on the ps3 i mean yeah but the like last five years of us. after this yeah and this is an early ps3 and graphically is fine like because it, it's not meant to be a, you know, the way the style and everything it's, is not meant to be. It's not a triple A. It's also, remember, it's also a game that's clearly being made for the Wii, the 360, the PS2. Yeah. It's at the end of the PS2 and PS3 cycle and the PSP. So they're going to port it all over to different things. Yeah. So, like, and, and all those graphically, 
I, I'm not surprised where they ended up. Yeah, and all those versions play basically exactly the same. The DS version, like we brought up earlier, plays different, but all those versions play mm-hmm. exactly the same. So, you know what? I just realized maybe that's a reason why you can't control the camera. Because the damn PSP doesn't have another fucking analog stick. Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, and, I neither, think, and neither does the Wii. So, I think a lot yeah. of it is the co-op, though. I think a lot of it is because co-op modes you don't want to because you don't want each person to be, unless it's a split screen. So if it's a one screen, you're never going to be able to control the camera if a co-op exists because yeah. then you'd have both people fighting over the camera. But, yeah, it, as I said, nothing is egregious in this game, but also nothing really sticks out. And this is This is a game. And yeah, that's the best way. Um, it's not, it's not. I want to cry bad, but it's not like, yes, all this, all this in my face. It's once. it's the wonder bread of games. Mm, bread. <laughs> uh, see, I, yeah, it's wonder bread, and then the GI Joe license is like peanut butter. Uh, yeah, like, it's fine, but it's you can eat so much more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not. It's, it's it's generic brand. It's you know. The, yeah, not it's even generic like, peanut yeah, butter. It's, not even. It's great value bread. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great value bread and great value peanut butter. It's like you don't got Skippy or Jeff. No, you got great value. How many analogies can we create for this one game? <laughs> Fuck, I want peanut butter now. That's what I can't get from it. Our second major question that we like to ask uh, is, would this game deserve a reimagining or a remake in a modern setting? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna twi- to twist my answer a little bit. And, it, and it's, I wouldn't like to see a reimagining of a, of a G.I. Joe game in this style, but I would like to see a reimagining of a Contra game in this style. I think Contra could actually really benefit from a style like this. Interesting. Better. Mason coming out with, the again, the weird answers to questions. <laughs> the, the, thir- the secret third option. I would enjoy playing a game like this, but it's Contra. Oh, you'd like, oh, you'd love Rogue Corps. Well, except it's good. Good. Except version. it was yeah, good. No. But, get, ro- get, ro- yeah, that one I get, was I get, I get what you're saying. I think kind of a theme that has been the last bunch of episodes is for this question has consistently been, no, I don't want a remake or a reimagining. I just want more in this franchise. Right. And kind of that's the, my thing of uh, G.I. Joe is I would like to play more G.I. Joe games. Yeah. I'd like more games that invo- have all the characters that are co-op. That is all awesome. And maybe you do just want to follow this game or whatever, but I there's very little that I take away from this game aside from, oh, a fun co-op with character game with G.I. Joe would be really awesome. Yeah, and like I said, the last G.I. Joe game was Operation Blackout, and before that it was this. There was a 11-year gap between G.I. Joe games. Wow. And I don't want another one of those. Because <laughs> I, I like G.I. Joe, I do. It's another one of my favorite franchises. But it's it's one of those things where... It's just not as big as it was, and I really want other stuff from it. Because Blackout's good. I like Blackout, but it doesn't have nearly the selection of characters this game does. It's got 12 playable characters, but in that game you play as both Joes and Cobra. Mm -hmm. So there's six Joes and six Cobras, and the selection's fine, but it's like Duke, Scarlet, uh, Roadblock, Lady J... Snake Eyes, and the odd pick is sci-fi. Mm-hmm. And I won't go into the Cobra side, mostly because I can't remember them all. But, yeah, and it's sort of, that's cool, but 
where's the other kind of cool characters? Where's Shipwrecked and his parrot? Where's Backburner? Where's Kamadudu, whatever the fuck his name is? Uh, there's just, G.I. Joe is such a mountain of characters. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, again, bringing up Transformers. There's such a mountain of characters to use in that franchise. Oh, yeah. And they always go back to the same ones. And I like the same ones. I like Optimus Prime. I like Duke. I like Bumblebee. I like Snake Eyes. But there's so many other cool characters you could use. Transformers, for the love of God, use Cliffjumper. He's right there. <laughs> <laughs> I have I know I mentioned this, I think, a couple days ago we were talking. Uh, but this came out not that long after the X-Men games on the PlayStation 2. And I do feel like some of the style was trying to copy that. Mm-hmm. And I do, I don't want, I think that's not about a, a top down action RPG or action shooting game, like, like this sort of thing, really could work with the characters. You just have to really work on making the characters what's driving it and not, and not the story. Like, make the characters interesting there. Borderlands esque in some of the, some yeah. of the ways the characters I, are. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you don't even have to make a super serious story because G.I. Mm-hmm. Joe's never been like, no, oh, uber serious. Just, Make the characters, like, funny. Like, um... Shit. I knew I should have taken notes. There was one actually really funny interaction late in the game that I forgot about. <laughs> Doggone it. And it's going to bother me. I did not... I you know, up. the little bit interactions I saw the first few levels, not a whole lot. But yeah, the ge- But also, considering this movie is... This movie it's based on is the funniest of the group. It is... It, some of it's unintentional humor. Uh... Yeah, but some of Dennis Quaid just saying Joe's is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but the, for credit's sake, Marlon Wayans was in this movie. In, in the movie, these movies have weird casts. It's a very weird cast. Yeah, he was Ripcord. Yeah, and he's still probably the best black representation in the GI Joe movies. And oh no, I guess The Rock counts. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No, heavy duty. No, never mind. I'm lying through my fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but I think if I had to put a bow on all of this, would to be that like a lot of the G.I. Joe franchise that has come in the last 20 years in film specifically, it's just another missed opportunity of mm-hmm. to, to really reignite something that honestly would have a, could have a passionate and big fan base behind it. Yeah. And I mean, like, because G.I. Joe fans are passionate. Mm-hmm. They are. There's an entire Twitter page I follow that is just talking about old G.I. Joe toys. And it's it's cool to see, but the fact of the matter is, like, we, we're starving here. All right? We're kind of starving for content. The last G.I. Joe movie was Snake Eyes. Nobody liked it. The last G.I. Joe game was Operation Blackout. And the last G.I. Joe show was Renegades in 2013. Uh, Give actually, me well, something. <laughs> If you, if you do want something, I saw it uh, just looking at G.I. Joe uh, earlier on my phone. Uh, Amazon is working on a show. Oh. <laughs> well, who well, knows? I, I mean, Amazon. They, they're throwing money they, at it. Who knows? They did Invincible. I like Invincible. Ah, <laughs> uh, But, yeah, that is G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra on the PS3. Tangent the episode. <laughs> a little bit. But what do you guys think? Did you like the game? Or do you have other things you want to tell us about? Uh, or suggestions? Do you have any thoughts recommendations on, GI, on this G.I. Joe game at Or all? any games we've talked about or that you want us to? Because you can send an email to bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. 
That's bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. And send us your opinions, your thoughts, your recommendations, and let us know what you think. Man, that sounds so official. I know. Uh, uh, do you have any thoughts on G.I. Joe in general? Because please, God, I need someone to talk to about this Would you this like shit. to be Thomas's pen pal? Because <laughs> G.I. Joe, Joe exclusively. <laughs> but also continue to uh, find us on whatever podcasting app. If you're uh, on Apple uh, iTunes, Type some nice words and give us that five stars. If you're on Spotify, I know there's like a click button that like rate or whatever or something like that that exists. Uh, Amazon might have something. Wherever you are, let us know what you're thinking uh, and uh, give us them five stars. And tell, tell us why Retaliation is the best G.I. Joe movie and I'll block you. No, I'm kidding. <sighs> I'm kidding. Are we tell just us like why building, Snake Eyes is the Are we best. just building a. Uh, okay, uh, no, then I'll actually. We've created, a, <laughs> we've created somebody. Who just wants to fight Thomas for all of Thomas's opinions? There's gonna be one Snake Eyes shadow fan out there. Yeah, and I'm gonna kick them in the. <laughs> no, so on that note, there's, uh... there's gonna no, there's gonna be one guy who's like opinions are all opposite of mine, and I'm gonna challenge him to a fight, and I'm gonna walk, and he's gonna be like Lou Ferrigno style motherfucker, and I'm just gonna die immediately. So thank you all for listening. We'll be back uh, with another episode. Next time. Get good, you slut.